three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Sports Podcast, where four washed-up athletes now sit around and scrutinize sports. Starting at Center Bench, you have Mikey, Luke, Peo, and myself, Luca. Hey, boys. So, you know, the holidays are almost over. How's everyone's Christmas and everything like that? I actually had a horrible Christmas. Why? Why, why is that, Luke? Well, I, I guess to, to start off, I'm now sitting around three engaged men, <laughs> and I've never been so single, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's one thing. Lonely, lonely Luke. <laughs> the, the, the second thing is we played the Bratica quarantine games this year, so my sister Megan set up a bunch of, now that I look back, dumb games for us to play, and I didn't even make the playoffs in a oh, six-person no. six tournament, so I actually got beat out by my mom who went on to win the tournament so nothing nothing frustrated me more than losing to my mom in in skilled competition and congratulations mrs bradica (laughs) she doesn't deserve that (laughs) what was your biggest disappointment like what game were you most disappointed in yourself what i was most disappointed in that we were playing a game where you throw pine cones into a wreath so it was like I, I was a good free throw shooter in, in, in uh, elementary school. I went to the the city championships and free throw shooting competitions. So I won my matchup, but then it was a tie to get into the playoffs. So it was between me and my mom. I won rock paper scissors, and I got to choose the game that that decided who got into the playoffs. So obviously I cho- chose that city city free throw champ. <laughs> and I don't know what was going on. Something was in my head. Maybe there was too many DMs in my inbox or something. <laughs> but uh, of I, just, later. I completely choked and she beat me by one and I lost. Will there be a uh, Bradica New Year's quarantine, <laughs> quarantine games coming no, up? I'm, I'm done. And I, if I'm picking the <laughs> games, tired? maybe if I'm picking the games we're playing, but... I'm not doing match the song lyrics and a bunch of fine motor skills. Like, the, the girls are better than me at that. All right, should we get into it? Let's get into it. The moment no one has been waiting for. The Center Bench Year-End Awards. Are you guys ready for it? Never it's been more ready. So first, let's start off with Best Athlete of the Year. What's your opinion, guys? My best athlete of 2020, I'm going with uh, a driver in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton. I went with Lewis Hamilton because for me, there hasn't been any athlete in their sport that has dominated as much as he has compared to the rest of the pack. When you take a look at it, he raced in 16 races this year, won 11 of them and podiumed in 14. Uh, He broke Michael Schumacher's record of 91 wins this year. He's tied Michael Schumacher's record of seven world championships. Uh, everyone next to him was way below him, not even close when it came to points in the season, when it came to podium finishes. So for me, he dominated his sport. You can go with other guys like a LeBron James in basketball or Car McDavid in hockey. But when you look at the difference between uh, the athletes in that sport, there's no bigger gap than there is with Lewis Hamilton in Formula One, which is why he's my athlete of the year. For my athlete, I have um, a Canadian. He's played soccer for Bayern Munich. I'll go Alfonsi Davis, Davies. Uh, he won the Champions League with his uh, team, Bayern Munich. And by he was voted the best 11 by his peers. And he, he became the first North American to earn a spot on that squad. Uh, he's, and he's only 20 years of age, so shout out to him. He's doing something that a lot of uh, Canadians and Americans haven't done or no one has. So I think he deserves my nod for Athlete of the Year. Truth be told, I've never heard of Alfonso Davies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of Alfonso Davies, though. <laughs> 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 All 
<laughs> so my uh, best athlete of the year, I had debated going Lewis Hamilton as well, but I think if you take away Team Mercedes, he's probably not in the discussion for me. Um, and then I had also decided to go, uh, or I was thinking about going Patrick Mahomes, and for similar reasons, um, I decided not to go with Patrick Mahomes just because the team is very strong, good coaching. So I went to a golf uh, sport in golf that is a true indiv- individual sport. Um, so I'm going Dustin Johnson as the athlete of the year. He broke through through all of the COVID stress um, and he won his first Masters ever, his second major championship. Not only that, but just a couple months before, won the Tour Championship and he won PGA Tour Player of the Year. He's gone through a lot of in, in both his life and his career, ups and downs, highs and lows, a lot of highs. For that reason, uh, I'm voting Dustin Johnson as Player of the Year or Athlete of the Year. So, Luke, I have to disagree with you. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best athlete of the year. I mean, yes, they have a talented team, but KC won 23 the last 24 games in the last two seasons. And I think um, part of that and probably majority of those Ws have to do with Patrick Mahomes. And for that reason, I'm, I'm going Patrick Mahomes, athlete of the year. And also, he's the most talented quarterback right now. All right, guys. So let's switch it up now to best binge watch of the year. I know that a lot of shows uh, debuted in quarantine. Everyone's just doing nothing and watching Netflix or whatever. So uh, what's the ben- best binge of watch of the year? I'll go first. I'm going to go with The Money Heist, uh, something that I binge-watched pretty quickly. Uh, one important note, if you haven't watched it and you're going to binge-watch it or plan on it, the subtitles have to be on. To me, that's big. <laughs> agree, it doesn't. Agree. It's not the same effect if you turn on the English and you have like a voiceover, basically doing all their voices. It takes a little bit more focus. You got to sit there and like be reading and, and can't be half asleep. But a subtitles on is. I'm a big fan of that. I still haven't watched the Money Heist. It's great. Is everyone yeah, it's, it's on really it? Yeah. up yeah. to the hype and for I, sure. The translation, if you just went on the English and no subtitles, it's completely yeah, different. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, like we, they, we tried one episode <laughs> and they were like, no. no. <laughs> so you left it completely on, uh, was it Spanish? And yeah. Then, yeah. See, I did both. I did, um, I did the English audio, but I also did subtitles with it. Like I had both. Just to kind of help me as I'm reading in case I'm a slow reader. On English and English sub- subtitles? I think, Luke, I think you'd like it. It's one of those, like, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, strategic and they're very yeah. strategic in, like, all they do. And, like, they, you always keep on edge of the seat. Uh, I think I'd recommend it for you. It's a, and I won't do any spoilers, but uh, it's a, there's one episode where they, they sing along uh, Ti Amo. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. It was a great. So it's a feel good moment. Feels, yeah. <laughs> Bella Chow would contend for song of the year for me this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what do you think? Um, I had actually, I, I had Money Heist was something I was contemplating. Um, I'd go with the Last Dance documentary on Netflix, uh, the Michael Jordan uh, story. Um, I never really had the chance, obviously, just because of my age to really watch Michael Jordan in his prime growing up. So even with like the great debate with LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, um, seeing him in action of how he kind of was back in the day, his work ethic, how he was off the court, um, just kind of reliving that, it almost motivated me to want to jump back on the ice, to be honest. (laughs) Even if you're not a sports fan, um, just a, a fan of greatness in general and like trying to be the best at your craft, it's a great watch. So for me, it was uh, The Last Dance. 
one show that I probably watched the most because The Last Dance was only 10 episodes was Love Island English and yeah. the US and the UK the yeah. UK for me hands down Dude. the best reality show <laughs> I, I don't know I've watched like every season already and like we could not st- we would watch like eight episodes in a day so the last dance or Love Island <laughs> I, I swear to you I was about to say the biggest surprise here is that Matt didn't pick Love is Blind <laughs> but then he surprised me with Love Island yeah. so no, Love Island best best reality show hands down trumps the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise for sure Luca to answer your question um, I'm still going with the last dance of what I enjoyed the most, but what I probably yeah. watched all of quarantine, all of 2020 was Love Island. I, uh, I'm also going the last dance, but I'll also give a runner up just to make it less boring for you, for you all. But I thought the last dance was incredible. Big Jordan fan. I have a lot of pairs of his shoes, but I thought the coolest thing was, um, what you, what you said, Peo, is we never grew up able to watch Jordan. So getting the behind the scenes footage along with some of the game footage combined together with the storylines, super cool to see for somebody of our generation that wasn't privileged enough to, to witness that greatness. So I thought that was phenomenal and would definitely my, my favorite of the year, but my runner up's got to be Queen's Gambit. After no after I watched the Bollywood, <laughs> after, I, after I got through the Bollywood film, I started the real show Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Uh, but now I'm falling asleep watching chess strategy and, and everything on YouTube and I've, I'm playing chess.com app. I just played Jared this morning. Shout out Jared. Um, <laughs> Who won? Uh, it was a draw. <laughs> we'll call it a draw. <laughs> what actually happened is the, the time, the timer ran out on my end. So technically Jared won, but I, I don't know. I think I had him in a good position, but, uh, yeah, Queens game is awesome. So I'm, I'm giving that my runner up. All right, my best binge of the year. Do you have you ever guys watched Animal Kingdom? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I, f- I love that show. Um, basically, it's brother. It's like sort of like Money Heist, but in like California. So there's like four brothers who um, they're they're robbers, and their mom, yeah, their mom is like the uh, the boss. And like every time that they they do a huge heist, she bakes an apple pie, <laughs> and then they'll go back to the house and like eat it and like and uh, party and celebrate but um no it's a great show i highly recommend it and i binged it all quarantine okay back to sports we're doing best team of the year all right for my team of the year i have the kansas city chiefs uh luca touched on it before when he was mentioning patrick mahomes but they had one loss in their last 24 games uh one loss this year um they're 14 and one uh looking like they might repeat again uh they've it's pretty hard to dominate in the NFL, uh, but over the last calendar year, they've done the, just that. So they're my team of the year. Can't go wrong with Kansas City Chiefs. Um, definitely was hard to make a case against them. Um, I'm sticking with the Formula One uh, theme, and I'm going with Team Mercedes. Out of the 16 races, they had 13 wins. Granted, 11 of them were from Lewis. Um, but as a team, they had 13, 13 wins, 25 podiums. The next closest was Red Bull at 13, so not even close. Uh, again, when you're trying to differentiate yourselves from the pack, um, Team Mercedes finished the season with 573 points. Next closest was Red Bull at 319, so not even close. Um, doesn't seem like anyone's going to be on Team Mercedes' level in the next few years, um, so they're my team of the year. Yes, two solid choices. My team of the year is the Los Angeles Lakers. After a horrible start uh, to 2020 with Kobe passing away, the Lakers uh, really took off and really excelled as a team, making their way through the regular season as a one seed and then going into the playoffs and truly dominating in a playoffs in a league that has a lot of parity and is difficult to dominate in. 
Um, and then, of course, LeBron winning his, his fourth championship. So I, my team of the year is the Los Angeles Lakers. For me, I'll keep it short and sweet. I totally agree with uh, Mikey. I, sa- I said Patrick Mahomes, the athlete, of, my best athlete of the year. I'm going with KC, team of the year. Let's switch it up, and we'll have our uh, new award, the worst 2020 hobby slash trend of the year. So my worst COVID ho- hobby of the year um, is online shopping, <laughs> uh, especially with loungewear, and I can talk um, for personal experience. I mean, I found myself buying a lot of track suits. Like how many track suits does one need to have without like looking like a Russian drug dealer? I'm going for worst hobby or trend of the year as virtual games. I thought they were super fun at first. I found myself with a couple of my friends staying up late playing house party. But then after about two weeks, and especially with coworkers too, on Fridays when you're doing a virtual beer and you're playing Quiplash or House Party, for me it was just like, okay, I'd rather finish my work day and get yeah. on with my life. And then on a Friday night, there's lots of other things I'd rather be doing than playing a game on a Friday night uh, through a phone that's connected to a poor internet or whatever, poor yeah. internet connection. It was super frustrating and... I think that was the worst trend for me. That's I can see it slowly dying now too. It's a good one. Uh, my worst trend of 2020 is probably going to offend a few people, um, but it's something that's been way overdone throughout uh, quarantine. Is having to post any meal you made on Instagram Story. <laughs> I'm all for cooking fancy new dishes, trying new things. If you're not, if you're like me and you're unable to cook, you're trying something out, that's awesome. But to having to showcase every single meal, every single day, the exact same over and over and over again, it's just getting cringeworthy and I'm just skipping your story now. <laughs> Enough's enough. Enjoy your meal by yourself with your significant other. Enjoy it. No need to broadcast it all over social media every day. What if they're eating alone? <laughs> Enjoy it by yourself with a nice glass of wine. Shadow Baco Imports. Pale's face is red. He's angry right now. But no, I agree. I, I am one to post the, the odd meal. The odd, yeah, the odd one. But the odd, yeah, I think the keyword there was all the time. Yeah. If you're doing something special, by all means, go for it. We support you, do you but th- do every you single meal. One who posts all these meals, is it for ulterior motives? To get brownie points on the gram, or yeah, that's why everyone does anything on Instagram. Laid. Yeah, <laughs> it's for attention. Yeah. All right, and that wraps up our 2020 Center Bench Year in Awards. Uh, so with the regular season coming to an end, and a lot is at stake for many teams in the NFL. Let's talk some football, boys. We had some major headlines week 16 of the NFL. Um, probably the, one of the best games of the year is the uh, Raiders versus Dolphins on Saturday. I just, I have a, you know, watching that game, I had a question for the boys and I want your guys' opinion on it. And maybe I'm not onto anything, but is Miami onto something here with the starting a young quarterback and if needed, send in a vet to either save the the kid the the young quarterback or um to close out a w like like sort of like a, a really uh, a relief pitcher in the mlb do, yeah, you, think, do you think it's a, a success i don't know i'm not a fan of that i think you should start your best quarterback so would you pass so couple, who would you start i would start fitzpatrick i i, I wasn't impressed with tua yeah uh, he he's very very conservative I don't think I th- saw a throw over 15 yards the whole entire game. Yeah, like if it's not your specialty and you not you don't like to do that, it's not 
you know a huge part of your offense the the big gangs and the, the long passes that's fine but you still need to do it at least a couple times a game just to stretch out the defense just to show them that it is a possibility so the corners and the safeties don't start creeping down on you um and i just i feel with tua they have a very there's only a couple ways to win and like in the playoffs that worries me uh, they can't get into a shootout their defense has to play superb um and if they fall behind, I, I don't see a way that they can come back. Like the game has to be close, or they have to be leading uh, like most of the game. Yeah, it just seems like when two is in, or their offense is very predictable. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to take the chance, rightfully so. He, like he's a rookie, he's trying to go through his reads, make the safe play, not not throw turnovers. At first, I was like, I, I kind of understand what they're doing. Like have Tua keep them in the game, and then. Fitz, who tends to throw more turnovers but slings the ball and takes more risks, then he comes in to score when they actually need to score. But yeah. the more I think about it, it's like, why, why not just start him at that point, right? If you're in a do-or-die game yeah. and going into Week 17, you might as well just start him at that but point. But then I guess the point is maybe they're thinking we throw in our riskier quarterback yeah. when we need to take the risk. Fitz yeah. At the beginning yeah. of the game, we don't we don't need yeah. to. It's, you know, and on a, on a positive side, it accelerates to his growth, right? Like Right the best way to learn is to actually do something. Yeah. If you're sitting back and, you know, you're just watching the game, but he, he's starting, you know, you know, f- first three quarters or he can win win a couple of games. But if we need Fitz to come in and kind of, like I said before, a relief pitcher, I mean, there's no harm to it. I think on that note, though, I think because they're not going to, they know they're not going to win this year or make a deep run, this is the year maybe you want to figure out what you have in Tua and if he is your franchise quarterback, this is there to get him that experience. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if he's always, you know, down late in a game, need to sling the ball, and you're taking him out, how's he ever going to progress and learn and try and become that quarterback that can do it if you're always taking him out of the game, right? Yeah. Um, so I th- that's like another point as to why I'm, I'm with Mike. I don't really like that strategy of yeah. just uh, taking him out and then plugging in a quarterback. Like, why not let the end. like take a little bit of the restrictions off to and like let yeah. him let him yeah. sling it let him make a mistake let him throw a yeah. stupid pick yeah. Yeah. like that's what you know young quarterbacks do and good young quarterbacks learn from that and they and they're and they're better from it i agreed with like the whole like let's see what we have in tua thing and let's see him grow and progress up until the point where you're in week 16 or going into week 17 and you have your one win away from the playoffs i think you have to just go for it at that point like I agree, yeah, like, sure, like, putting two in a pressure situation. But if you get to the playoffs, there's your opportunity to throw them in some pressure situations. All right, should we should we talk Steelers-Colts? Best game yeah. of the week. <laughs> there's some tension. How's that hot take look? <laughs> it looked amazing in the first half. Well, it wasn't looking amazing in the first well, half because the Jets of, were up. Yeah, yeah. In terms of Steelers not winning the game. I was so I was ready to quit on this team. But I would never do that, but I was very, very angry in the first half. The same symptoms, the same problems uh, on offense were there. And then all of a sudden, and, and I know we talked about this in the group chat, but Ben comes out, they go no huddle, he starts calling plays, and all of a sudden they're moving the ball no problem on the Colts. So that was exciting for me to see, and I think that just reaffirms for me what I was saying before, is that a, a big, and if not the biggest problem, 
uh, is is the offensive coordinator. I think Ben is capable. He threw beautiful long balls all second half. He played great in the second half. He's capable. Yeah, he hasn't played great in some parts of the year, but I think the offensive coordinator is holding him back in the play calling. I think it said what? a lot about the Colts too, though. Like, I, I don't think the Steelers are doing anything amazing by any means. A lot of it had to do with the Colts and how poorly they played in the second half as opposed to how amazing the Steelers came out in the second half. Um, they're getting burned left, right, and center. That touchdown by Johnson, he blew right by, I forget who it was, but he blew right by the safety, just not even close to catching him. Um, stupid mistakes in terms of uh, pass interference penalties at costly times, turning the ball over as uh, Rivers typically does when it comes to those pressure situations. Um, so I think it's this, the offense from the Colts seems like it's still there. Like Jonathan Taylor was running the ball well i think he has to improve his blocking that's one thing where they they have to get shored up um, but their defense doesn't seem reliable at all they always seem to have games in the bag and then for whatever reason they make it closer than what it has to be at the end of the game yeah um so yeah. i think this is this is a huge game that potentially could have cost the colts their season so yeah, I think it's a good point. Obviously, I was a little bit more focused on the offensive yeah. side of the ball, but I remember Camp saying, and I was I disagreed with him at the time. He said that the Colts defense is a mid-tier defense, and I was thinking, no way, they're a, they're yeah. a top defense in the league. But I think their their defense, as you said, they've shown the past couple of weeks where they've yeah. really, for whatever reason, have let the other team in the game and and not very good teams too like the houston texans right so they just haven't impressed me as an offense and i thought their defense was a little bit overrated so well, you do you think that big ben takes the reins and play calling after their comeback i don't i honestly don't know what they they do it, well i think it was reported that well, colts knew the offensive plays right i, I read that somewhere yes yeah, I, I saw that in an article yeah i don't know how, how much of that is true but i think regardless of whether they knew the plays they've been predictable the last five yeah. games right yeah. and i think a big part of being predictable is they weren't throwing the ball at all downfield and camps i know you were saying that well that's that part of that's on ben maybe he doesn't like throwing the ball downfield mm -hmm. but when he took over play calling they were throwing it downfield and that opened up the short passes and the screens all right what about the nfc least how about them cowboys baby <laughs> <laughs> still have a chance we still have a chance they surprised me. We had all picked the Eagles in the spread. I think the spread was minus yeah. four and a half. And I did. You were the only ones that, yeah. That's right. And, That's and you were the only Not ones that enough. picked the, the Cowboys. They're playing well. You got to give credit to Andy Dalton. Like, yes, yeah. he's coming yeah. along. Um, I just want to say something. So Coach McCarthy, you know, people have their opinions on them, and I, I do too. But um, back when he was in Green Bay and before they won the Super Bowl, Coach McCarthy went, I think eight and eight with Green Bay, and then the next season they kind of hit it, and then they won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Cowboys next year will win the Super Bowl, but they, it's kind of having the same pattern where you know they start off slow. It's a new coach with COVID protocols. They couldn't really get the adjustments. The, the, the defensive scheme changed up, so they didn't really know how to go from a three-four to a four-three. Now you can see that the defense is actually playing better. I know they gave up 400 yards. Uh, of the, to the Eagles' offense, but um, we we're getting turnovers. You, you can tell we're playing better just by and the eye test of you know watching them. Um, but I think they're coming along strong. Do they make the playoffs? As a Cowboys biased fan, I hope so. I wish mm -hmm. that they do. Would they make any noise in the playoffs? Probably not. Like let's face it, they're they're gonna play probably 
play Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And I think Tom Brady carves anybody up. But would I want to, not being a biased Cowboys fan, would I want to see Tampa Bay play against Washington or New York or the Cowboys at this point, the way that all these teams are playing? I would go with the Cowboys just to make an interesting game out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Cowboys have been the hotter team as of late, right? Every other team's been stumbling. It looked like at one point uh, the Washington football team was just going to run away with it, but yeah. with all their issues at quarterback, um, Gibson was out for a couple games. Um, their defense, although strong, it, it seems like it's not as strong to play against, as tough to play against as earlier on. So, um, yeah, you got to like the Cowboys' chances heading into Week 17. Yeah, I guess that leads to playoff scenarios. Who do you guys have if getting in the NFC East? Yeah, I think Washington gets in. Uh, looks like Alex Smith's going to be back, um, and they beat the Eagles, and they're in. Yeah, I have. If Alex Smith plays, then then they'll beat the Eagles and get in. But if he doesn't, then I have the Eagles winning, and then the Cowboys getting in with a win over the Giants. I agree with that, Luke. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they're forcing Alex Smith to play though? Is he one hundred percent ready? And if he's not, I don't see him doing any damage if he's not 100 percent because he's already a game manager you would hope in the rock you would hope that they're not forcing him in that if he's like that big of a gamer and that competitive that he would be the one fighting to get in the game and play obviously he's had treacherous injuries mm-hmm. but they're gonna try and get him in if if there's a sliver of chance right yeah speaking of the playoff race how crazy is it that about three weeks ago everyone was so high on the rams now it doesn't even <laughs> really curse them yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the delessio curse but now it looks like they're not even gonna have jared goff in their in their last matchup of the season and, and there's a chance that they don't even make the playoffs let alone compete for a super bowl yeah but having I said that arizona plays the rams right yeah the Cardinals are not playing no. very well. No, you can't trust Arizona either. I don't. I don't even trust Arizona playing a backup quarterback against the uh, the Rams. The, there, Green Bay plays the Bears. Yeah, the yeah. Bears would have to win for the Rams to be out. Yeah, uh, and Green Bay has absolutely owned um, the Bears the past couple of years, and with them having the first uh, round bye on the line, they're going to show no mercy. So I I don't see a scenario where the Rams miss. I think they they either win or the the bears lose mm-hmm. yeah the bears losing is more likely yeah. i think they, they find a way to squeak in uh, into the playoffs and i still like their defense i still think they're well coached uh and that offense can be good enough to win playoff games like i'm not ready to quite just write them off like it looks like they probably will play seattle mm-hmm. uh in seattle we saw how went, that went last week but i think that was a lot closer of a game than the 29 yeah. 22-9 uh, final score. So I could see them winning that and then they can catch a little bit of fire. Um, I'm not ready to like write off the Rams yet, just yet. I'm not either, dependent on when Goff returns. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. their, their backup is John Walford. Oh, He's never yeah. taken an NFL I snap in his, his life. Yeah. Not that Goff has been winning them no. games, but I, I just I don't think anybody knows who no. John Walford is, right? So, all right, should we move on to the AFC? Should we talk AFC South, Matt? <laughs> yeah. We've got our bet coming down to the line here. Coming yeah, down to I'm the ready line. to hand you a hundred dollars right now because um, I think Indy obviously takes care of business against Jacksonville, but I'm having a hard time seeing Tennessee lose to Houston. Houston's banged up. Their their offense, everyone's injured. Um, although maybe they uh, they feel motivated after that JJ Watt speech. Yeah, um, that's maybe something that looks promising, but. Um, 
Tennessee got embarrassed on Sunday night football. I don't see them laying another egg against uh, Houston. Um, so I'm kind of hoping to be the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan this week <laughs> and root for uh, Mason Rudolph to uh, lead the Steelers to a victory over Cleveland so that uh, Indy can uh, get one of the wild card spots. Yeah, it's it's I you hate seeing like an eleven and five team miss the playoffs and then have mm-hmm. you know the Cowboys making it at seven <laughs> and nine. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see uh, Houston beating Tennessee, especially after that embarrassing loss that Tennessee had. Um, I think Tennessee runs the ball and they and they win their way. Yeah, that's what I have on that. I guess. Yeah, I I would I wouldn't be shocked if Houston found a way to to beat Tennessee, especially I, uh, after what we've seen in recent weeks with yeah. some of the yeah. upsets. Yeah, crazier yeah. things have happened. You know, yeah. I, speaking of crazy things, I know we're not really taking our hot takes of the week, but this is my hot take. I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars would beat the Colts <laughs> because <laughs> no, they did it once already. This they did it, and and it. they already got the first round pick locked up, yeah. so they don't have to screw That's around true. and have to, you know. Fair. Well, if Indy loses again to Jacksonville, they don't deserve to be yeah. in the playoffs. No, so. I know, but yeah, I, right now, I mean, the Colts. It looks like they're going to win against the Jags, but I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that the Jags will some way pull out a victory. You know, the Jags are done. They're locked in their first round pick. Now they'll maybe play some football. Yeah. You know, but yeah. So have you guys looked at like futures bets and and uh, for who's winning the Super Bowl and stuff? I think. I forget what the odds are, but I like Tampa Bay. Mike, what was it, eighteen to one for for Tampa Bay? I think to I think it moved to eleven to one. That's what I got. Eleven to one. The Bucks. I could be wrong though. Uh, well, the Bucks are twelve on Bet three six five. Um, I was surprised when I pulled it up to see the Ravens at twelve. Hmm. They, you know, they haven't even really been in the playoffs the entire year, and now they're. Yeah. They were like the eighth. You know. Eighth from the top, but they, they probably have them playing the Steelers in yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know if that's why, but no, they're <laughs> well, playing they're hot right five, now. Yeah, yeah they're kind of peaking at the right time. Yeah. Like talk, you guys were talking about disappointing teams before. To me, it was the Ravens, um, even more than the Texans. People, yeah. Colin Coward, your boy Luca, was predicting them to go that's sixteen. Not, that's and Mikey's up, boy, and now they're on the cusp of uh, of the playoffs. <laughs> So yeah, that is surprising though. At, at twelve to one, I yeah. just don't. I I have no reason to believe that Lamar Jackson can win a playoff game at this yeah, point. Yeah, if you're throwing eighty-five yards a game, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you're going to be able to win but, many playoffs. But if you run the ball, like when the Ravens run, can anyone stop them? Well, they they got stopped two years in a row in the playoffs, That's right? True. Like yeah. Lamar Jackson started turning the ball over, fumbling the ball. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see. Well, like. The, the way to beat them is to get off to a quick start. So yeah, they're forced yeah. to throw the ball more than they can yeah. Yeah. then run. Uh, and then when, when when you expose Lamar like that, then mm-hmm. it all goes downhill for uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Looking at the odds, I like – to me, my team right now is the Bills. I think they're, they're peaking right at yeah. the right time. Everything seems to be firing at all cylinders. I think they can beat KC. Yeah. I don't <laughs> see – KC's their, the biggest threat for sure. Yeah. Um, but I see – I see a scenario where they, where they come out victorious against, sorry, the Chiefs, um, and they're at ten of an odd. Um, yeah. What about, like what about the yeah. NFC? Would you say the Packers? Yeah, the Saints. Yeah, I don't know. For me right now, the NFC I have Packers or the Bucks. Really? Um, yeah, the I Bucks, don't. Eh? I don't know if I can see anyone going into to Green Bay and beating uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think the Saints could but beat them. I think I think the Saints they they're running the ball. They I like the Bucks defense. more than the Saints, even though I know really? the the Bucks have lost twice to the Saints this year. Yeah. yeah. I just I just feel like Sean Payton figured out Brady. 
I just think like winter in Lambeau Field, it's going to be tough yeah. for any team to do there. Yeah, and I don't there. like New Orleans in that I scenario. Th- yeah, I like to like That's I like true. I'd That's rather a good take Tom. He's been yeah, in that, you know, in New yeah. England hundreds of times. Is anyone taking the Giants as 150 to one? Might <laughs> <laughs> be worth putting a dollar. <laughs> Frame it this way: if you guys are to place a fifty dollar bet and then a five dollar bet, who would who would your bets be? Um, if I had to to do that, I'd put fifty dollars on Buffalo uh, to win the Super Bowl, and I'd put five dollars on Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, I'm with Payo on the Bills. I I do the Bills for fifty dollars. Uh, for five dollars, I do the Rams. They're twenty six of an odd. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm still not like I said it. I'm not ready to write them off. Um, Tampa's only twelve. I think mm-hmm. that's to me that's too high for Tampa. I, if Tampa was in the high teens, then they they would be my five dollar bet. Mm-hmm. I think twelve is is too generous of a number. What, what are the Steelers? I got twenty two to one. I have twenty one. Yeah, yeah I, got I would put Steelers for my five my five dollar bet. Yeah, yeah. Why not? That's yeah. I'd probably I'd go KC as my fifty dollar bet since we're all talking about who's the team that can be KC. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. I think just by nature of that, I would have to put fifty dollars on them. Two point eight seven odds, not the best, but then yeah. I'd probably go. My five dollar bet I'd put on my boys, the Steelers. Yeah, right. no one's going with the Cowboys. Five dollar bet. <laughs> Good. The Giant weren't the Giants seven and nine, and they won the Super Bowl. If Andy Dalton wins a Super Bowl, I'll tattoo a picture of his face on my ass. You heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> the Red Rocket on his ass. I love the Red Rocket right underneath. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new segment for our five listeners, and it's called the Pancake Parlay. The bench will start off with a two-team parlay, and if we win the parlay, we stack another game to it each week, just like a pancake. The only rule is for this pancake parlay is that we all have to agree, and we all have to lock it in together. So, boys, I have uh, two interesting um, spreads this week, and I want to hear you guys' opinions. Uh, In the NFL, it's Detroit. I have covering against the Vikings, and it's plus seven, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. And also, after, I think we discussed it, but um, Watt had that inspiring speech about his teammates. So I I have a gut feeling that Houston's going to cover seven and a half against the Titans. Uh, What do you guys think? I don't love either of those. I don't know. It's, It's a tough week. Yeah, uh, week seventeen with the people resting and well, fuck me then, right? <laughs> yeah, the only spread that I I love is the Packers minus yeah. five. I yeah. think they're gonna kill the Bears, but I, I'm struggling looking at the sheet right now to find another one that I like. I, I like the I like the Packers minus five and a half as well. Um, looking at it now, I I also like um, Washington minus two, only minus two. Um, they're gonna. They need to win that game. Um, so, and I think they will. Two points isn't that much. Uh, so I kind of like that one. Yeah. And then yep. even with the NFCs, because I'm trying to find games that are like relevant with still stakes yeah. in it. Uh, that's why I don't really like the Minnesota and the Lions. Um, even if you look at the the Cowboys and the Giants, Cowboys minus three. Um, that's tempting as well too. I like that minus three number as well uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah, I also like that Cowboys one as well. I just don't know if I'm riding a high with the Cowboys right now. Maybe Luca, you can help us out. I'm not. T- I, I don't touch on the Cowboys, so I can't. One I that I was on looking that. at that kind of doesn't meet our criteria, I guess, this week. But New England uh, versus the Jets 
It's only New England minus three, and they're at home. Mm. I know the Jets are kind of hot, and they've won two straight, and, and Patriots, you know, are throwing phones and looking terrible as of late. Horrible. Patriots, who's, who is it? Uh, Stidham will probably be starting, yeah. too. Do you have much confidence in him? I just, it's more confidence in Belichick. Yeah, fair. You guys don't than, think than anything, Detroit but will cover against the Vikings? I actually like the Vikings minus seven in that Really? One. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck when we get to the four or five. <laughs> <Yeah. three hours>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I like the Saints as well, minus six and a half. They have, they're still fighting for first place. Yeah. Who do they uh, play? That's a good one there. Sorry. Would, Who do they play? Uh, Carolina. Yeah. yeah uh, the Panthers like aren't that. really playing okay. for anything. We're on to something. One pancake. I don't know. Yeah, the Panthers have kept games close, but the Saints yeah. do have reason to blow them out. Does I, McCaffrey I, yeah. come back too? And play? Uh, no I way. See, I don't see a world right? that McCaffrey yeah. comes no, back. I, I love point. the Saints minus six. All right, all right. All right. I one pancake, on Saints. Let's go. I agree. So the Saints and, and Washington. Has to be the, oh, I was gonna say Packers. Packers. Oh, sorry. Yes, that's right. The Packers. What's the spread on that? Minus five and a half. What is the other game we're debating? The Washington minus two. I just like those low spreads, like minus two Washington minus three parlay. Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't see the Packers like Packers are gonna bowl them out. I think Chicago's due for like a loss. Yeah, they're so high. up and that, down this I season. I think the Washington number's a little low right now because we don't know who's starting at quarterback. That's why I'm True. that's why I'm kind of iffy about up. it. Yeah, that's the only that's yeah. my only. I would do Packers, Packers and Saints. That yeah. I would do if we can't touch. The yeah, NFCs. let's do that. Okay, the boys have decided to lock in Green Bay minus five and a half. And New Orleans minus six and a half. Look, if you had... So just in case the, our audience doesn't know, Mikey does have a slight temper <laughs> from time to time. We've all seen it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to introduce a segment here. What pisses off Mikey? All right. For this week, the first inaugural week, we're going to go with the World Juniors, and more specifically, the Canada's and the U.S.'s beating up on the bad teams. And you see crooked scores like 16 to two. I don't see any good outcome that comes out of any team losing by 10 goals. It's terrible to watch. Uh, the World Juniors isn't what it used to be to me. On Christmas Day, I flipped on the game, and Canada was beating Germany 15 to one. Just have zero time for that. If with any problem, I like to bring a solution. The solution is just to kick out. The, the Germany and the Pakistan, those types of teams. Let's make it a six or a seven team tournament with competitive play. Uh, and that's what's pissing me off this week. Alright guys, you guys want to talk some hoops? Yeah, NBA's finally started. It's in yeah. progress. Wheels are moving. Love it. Durant's already resting. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> going perfect. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a wild kind of first week in the NBA, hasn't it? It has been, yeah. Weird weird games, weird outcomes. The Lots Christ- of blowouts. The Christmas day, day games, like usually no. there's so much anticipation. Everything's a close game. It's usually um, good teams on both sides. But this year, it was, every game was a blowout. Yeah. Every game, if if you were betting on it, which I was, every game was an early cash show because the team went up twenty. Yeah. 
um super super weird and then like those teams end up like losing the next game after they just won big yeah like the clippers for example 77 27 and a half Are i thought there was a, a glitch with the scrap when luke you texted the group i like <laughs> take a look at the scrap <laughs> i kept refreshing it to make sure like something wasn't wrong yeah fun fact the largest halftime deficit in NBA history since the shot clock era started, so in 1954. I, I kind of love looking at that. Like, there's yeah. there's part of me that still pissed off at Kawhi for leaving. <laughs> I understand why he moved. Like, let's not you know get it twisted. But there's just when looking at that, I was like, it was like it brought me peace. <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked it too. How about Paul George? Yeah, he's was just saying after the game. Well, it's what do you say? Because we didn't have Kawhi. It's garbage. Um, just goes to show that Paul George is not. Uh, the superstar that in face of a franchise that everyone makes him out to be. Um, if I if I'm a team listening to that, I call that I call him out right away. Yeah, to yeah. get the hell out of my locker room. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like that guy had so many excuses. It was the coach last year. It's now oh Kawhi is hurt. Like it was the out. bubble last year. He didn't feel comfortable in it. Yeah. I think what you need in a superstar is a guy that takes accountability yeah. that puts it on his back whether they win or they lose. When mm-hmm. they win, celebrate. When they lose, it's my fault. That's on me. Yeah. That's the big reason why they brought them in, knowing that Kawhi is going to rest some games, is so they can he can carry the team, and then in the playoffs he can be the superstar that he was in Indiana. But mm-hmm. that's a garbage take after the game. Not big on that. Are there any disappointments so far? I know it's the first week, and a lot of things can change. But watching a couple of the games, well, you if guys you, shocked if you go on uh, Raptors Twitter, <laughs> the yeah. team starting zero and two, hitting the panic button, uh, it's the end of the world. Okay, um, Leafs are starting soon. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any cause for concern with the Raptors, do you guys think? Nah, not yet. I, th- I think there's things to look at. Like, there is in any, like, two-game yeah. losing streak. But I think I, I tweeted this out. Everyone needs to take a deep breath. Yeah. It's two games. Yeah. They could have easily won both games. It's not like they were completely out of it. The things that they need to look at and improve is number one is their defense. They haven't been the stout defense that they had been in the past. Rebounding. Rebounding. I would say more so, though, the shooting in the second half. They come out in the second half, they can't make a shot. And I sorry sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say how you fix that is you move the ball around and you attack the rim, you attack the paint, and Mm. then the shooting comes after that, right? Like You were Bobby Webster, Masai Ujiri. And you have the option to pick up James Harden via trade. Do you do it? Do you pull the trigger? I'm like, as a fan right now, I'm thinking in my head, I would love to have James Harden on the team. And it's a flashy headline. He's a top whatever player in the league. But I think the more sensible decision is to probably hold out on this one. You have, you just locked up Fred and you have Kyle Lowry to one more year. Like I think the the logical and sensible thing is like now that you've locked up some young guys um, in, for your future is to not just sell the house on getting a James Harden for probably one year. He's locked up for three though, but so you do have him for. But he's a restricted. More. He's a restricted free agent after next year, right? So he's. Do you think I, with Harden it would, it would be a similar Kawhi situation where they get him? They might have a chance for the ring. I just think in the NBA, I, I I believe that you need a bonafide superstar face of the franchise to win a championship. That's one league that you absolutely need one guy to kind of carry the load. Mm-hmm. Kind of went back and forth with it. I, I think I personally would trade for James Harden if 
you can keep one of Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Yeah. Probably, depending on the package, it's going to be tough to do. Although, because really there's no real suitors jumping for James Harden, you might be able to get him at a bit of a discount. But if you're able to keep, even if you get rid of Pascal, I'm fine with that. I agree with Mikey. He's never going to be a face of a franchise player, I don't think. Yeah. He'll be an all-star at best, yeah. which is fine. I would do it too, just um, to add, with Nick Nurse in the management, I feel like it's they proved it correctly with Kawhi, and I feel like they would kind of treat Harden the same way, and I would fully trust you know Nick Nurse to put Harden on the right uh, positions. My only, like Peo said, that you, you need one bonafide superstar to win. I think you can make the argument that you need two. Yeah, uh, superstars so. to win in the end. Like Toronto did it with. So you're I, calling Kyle Lowry a superstar? No, is what I you're was saying. about to say they only did it with one. <laughs> Toronto. They also did it against a Golden State team that was we, we, basically yeah. ravaged with injuries. Um, and I don't know if Harden has shown that he's not that easy to play with. Yeah. So I think it's hard to find him his yeah. the, the Robin. But that to, was the same you know, na- same narrative as Kawhi back when he was in the Spurs. Like, oh, he's you know he'll quit on your team or. I feel like, like I said before, I think with Nick Nurse and, and Masai, the right management, they'll, they'll get him going, and he'll be in the right position to win. And so would you, if the if the deal was Pascal and Fred for Harden and P.J. Tucker? I think you were stupid not to do that deal. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, I, let's say the Raps have to give up a first-round pick because it's probably a little lopsided. I probably would do it, I would to be honest. I, I've heard a lot of good things about Malachi Flynn. Yeah. Obviously, like no one knows what he's going to end up being, but in terms of his ceiling, is it going to be any different than Fred's ceiling? Yeah. Right. So it's kind of betting on that, yeah. and I expect Masai and Bobby they'd be able to make that decision and be the correct decision. You, you get the best player in the, that deal by a landslide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to me, that, that makes it. it obvious. Yeah. We mentioned Kyle briefly, and there was a little bit of banter going on. The back second and forth. superstar, Mark, yeah. Mikey said. <laughs> the second superstar. So I want to hear um, Mikey's and Luke's opinion on on this. Is Kyle Lowry a Hall of Famer? For me, he's he's a Hall of Famer. Definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and, and the reason I would say he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer is because he hasn't done it over the entire course of his career. But if he continues on the same pace, or if he s- maintains what he's been doing over the next couple of years. I think for sure he's a Hall of Famer, and here's a couple of reasons why. So he's a team leader, Raptors history, and assists, steals, threes, and triple doubles, and then win shares, which is basically showing how much you contribute to the win. Um, he's one of the peskiest defenders in the NBA, so I think that doesn't really show up on the box score a lot. Sure, you can measure in steals, but this guy can guard anyone, any point guard in the league, super pesky, and he's the best charge drawer in the entire league. Sure, I know Mikey's going to say this. He's had postseason failures in the past, but I think he's more than redeemed himself. He won a championship. That's one. And yes, Kawhi was on the team. But as we've said before, the Raptors don't win an NBA championship uh, without Kyle Lowry. Um, And then even last year without Kawhi, he was by far the best player on the court for the Raptors and potentially one of the best players in the playoffs, hitting clutch shots, going up and guarding tough defenders on the Celtics. Um, He was fantastic in the playoffs. So that's more than made up for that argument in my opinion um something that i read and and looking up uh, a player that is likely going to get in the hall of fame um, is chauncey billups and when you look at their resume and their stats almost identical they have pretty much the same resume um, and people are saying that he's he's a shoe in in the future not necessarily um, next year or the year after but he's going to get in so when you look at those resumes and compare 
um, that for me says that Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer. And then I also found a, a, a website called Basketball Reference. And basically the model takes into account the, the stats and achievement, achievements that contribute to a player's getting into the Hall of Fame the most, um, which in this case is championships, all-star appearances, leadership points they have, uh, and win shares. And they give Kyle Lowry an 85.7% chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. So for those reasons, in my opinion, Kyle Lowry, like I said, not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he'll get into the Hall of Fame. Valid points. Let's see what uh, Mikey has to say about this. Well, this whole argument started when Luke said the other day that uh, Kyle Lowry was a better Toronto athlete than Mount Sundin. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what got all this started. So a little bit of background on, on it all. But I'll take the side of no, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Luke mentioned it, but right now, if his career ended, the Basketball Reference Hall of Fame probability model gives him 11.9% chance. Um, obviously, he has a lot more to build on, but he's already 34. Um, he has no MVPs, no M Finals MVPs. He's never made an All-NBA team that's first and second. Uh, he's always been considered a tier below the league's best point guards throughout his whole career. Uh, he got off to a late start in his career. He has about 14,000 points and counting. Um, um, his per game scoring average is 14.7, which is very low. Uh, there's only two players that made it with a lower average, uh, Marcel Cheeks and Dennis Johnson, but they also had 13 appearance, appearances on the all-defensive team between them. Uh, Larry still has zero to date. Um, I don't agree with point, Luke's point that he's a good defender. He has zero uh, all-defensive teams. Uh, Billups, he mentioned Billups. He has a 15.2 points per game, but he also has a finals MVP and two all-defensive team appearances. Um, to me, assist is not a good predictor um, in terms of uh, Hall of Fame. Two of the top 11 of all time aren't in the Hall of Fame, and Lari sits currently at in the 40s. Um, he doesn't have a full career. He wasn't a starter till his fifth season. Um, sort of the mark as well is getting to 20,000 points. Um, he's good for about 1,500 points per year. I don't see him getting to 20,000. Like if you get to 20,000 points, you're pretty much a shoe in. Um, and the last point on, I don't think he's been a winning player. He was a winning player when Kawhi was on his team. Without Kawhi on his team, he hasn't shown the ability to go to a, a finals. Um, I think there's a chance that he gets in. He's definitely not a first ballot. Um, but I, at this point, I would have to say no. That was a great debate, boys. We'll let it marinate with our audience and uh, see what you guys think. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on it. All right, boys. Our favorite segment of the week is our crazy bit of the week. Once again, brought to you by absolutely nobody. This week, our bet, our crazy bet of the week is an eSport, and this eSport is called Rocket League. Um, so Rocket League is a soccer video game you can play on either Xbox One or the Nintendo Switch. It's described as soccer, but with a rocket-powered cars. Rocket League has about eight players assigned to each of the two teams using rocket-powered vehicles to hit a ball into the opponent's goal and score points over the course of the match. This game includes single player and multiplayer modes, which can be played both locally and obviously online. That's why we're betting on it. Um, yeah, boys. So what's our matchups this week on Rocket League? First first off, this game sounds like it's fun. I might yeah. go home yeah. and download it. I haven't <laughs> played Xbox. watch YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> become an expert. <laughs> 
I actually watched this game before. Someone played it, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm kind of concerned about what your weekends look like. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just a quick fact and a new change to eSports and Rocket League in 2020. Uh, they made a large change. The addition of new competitive format that has three splits that include three regional events with one major event at the end of the three splits. Each team gets points awarded based on how they place in in these regional events and with the, with the top teams making the world event with the grand prize of a million dollars. Playing Xbox and winning a million dollars, that's probably the best. Yeah, my mom always told me, you're not going to ma- do anything playing Xbox all day, but, but <laughs> yeah, she was wrong. <laughs> So the matchup we have is on Saturday, January 2nd at 8 a.m. The matchup is Oxygen Esports, a European team against Endpoint. Oxygen Esports is the underdog at 2.0 odds, and Endpoint is the favorite at 1.72 odds. Who are you guys taking? I'm going with Oxygen Esports. A couple of reasons why. Um, they're 3-0 and in their first matchup of the day when there's multiple games on deck. Um, in addition to that, um, anytime they've lost two in a row, uh, they've never lost three games in a row, sorry. Um, so right now that they're coming off uh, two losses, um, anytime they're coming off two game losses, a two game losing streak, uh, they're two and0 in the third game there. Um, so for those reasons, I'm going with oxygen eSports. Yeah, th- these these men are virtual athletes. like they're playing multiple games. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing. Can't on the imagine. same day, like ask an NFL player or NHL player to do that. There's no way they could do any of this <laughs> stuff these, these men are doing. Sure. Um, for a lot of the points that Peo said, um, I'm on Oxygen. I think Oxygen is more important than Endpoint too. Just <laughs> a general name. So, so I'm on uh, $25. And two, you know I love twos, and it's a two. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two people on the the underdog with Oxygen Esports. I hate to be a bore here, but I'm also going Oxygen Esports for none of the reasons you listed. Um, so I'm looking at the the team dynamics. So Oxygen Esports is made up of three bench Frenchmen and one Belgian, and then the uh, team Endpoint is from they're from all over the place: England, Ireland, Finland, Wales. They're not going to mesh as well. No as, chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. COVID's probably hurt their training. <laughs> yeah. too. And something that uh, a couple people may know about me, but when I get really drunk, I, I tend to speak or try and attempt to <laughs> attempt to speak French. Um, so I'm going with the French connection with my boys with Oxygen Esports. I'm betting five dollars on them right now. I think the boys are running the table with Oxygen. Um, great points, guys. But like last week, I said. I was going to listen to my nona, and my nona was wrong, so I moved on to my mom. I asked my mom <laughs> about uh, this uh, eSport matchup, and her logic it, it made sense. Uh, she loves the Oxy- Oxygen Network. Uh, if you guys don't know what the Oxygen Network is, is basically crime TV shows and dramas based on uh, women's appetites. <laughs> so I, I do dabble in a, a couple of Oxygen movies time for time. Can so I change my bed now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Lock It In Oxygen, five bucks. Let's get it. All right, the year is coming to an end and the new year is fast approaching. And as everyone likes to do, come up with a new year's resolution to close off the year. Uh, but we're going to do a center bench edition new year's resolution where each of us comes up with a resolution for something in the sports world. I'll start off, boys. Um, this is for all the sports fans and media outlets out there. Let's not hit the panic button on 20 on our favorite teams right away. 
Just like a steak, let it marinate, or like a fine wine, let it breathe. In 2021, let's not panic. I know that we talked about the Raptors, 0-3 start, people are hitting the panic button. The Cowboys fans, we hit the panic button, we're shit, blah, blah, blah. Look at us. We're about to make the playoffs, hopefully make the playoffs. Let's not panic. Let's just enjoy what we're watching. Okay, I'll go. My New Year's resolutions out to the NHL committee that does the awards, and more specifically, the Norris Trophy winner. The Norris Trophy winner is the best defenseman in the NHL. I'm a little sick and tired of it always being awarded to the defenseman with the most points. I think being a defenseman, it requires a lot more than just scoring points. There's a whole different aspect of the game. It's growing old to me. All Every year, it's just the, the top point getter. Um, maybe let's create an award like the Bobby Orr award and that's awarded to the top scoring defenseman but let the Norris be the best defenseman my news resolution is to not automatically give the Norris trophy to the defenseman with the most points in the NHL that given year uh, my new year's resolution is more on the lighter side of the sports world um, I'm going after Dwayne Casey it's Dwayne. about it's about time Dwayne that you started getting suits that actually fit you get a nice tailored <laughs> slim fit suit that you're not swimming in um we we're lucky here in canada that we don't see you as often every other day when you're coaching the toronto raptors um but it's about time now that we start getting a nice tom ford slim fit suit going so pick uh, up a gq magazine (laughs) uh so that's my new year's resolution he's taking inspiration off our boy michael jordan my New Year's resolution is for the Green Bay Packers GM to stop blowing it in the draft. I've had enough of carrying a once-in-a-generational type of player in Aaron Rodgers on the Green Bay Packers. And last year, they didn't draft a wide receiver at all when they desperately needed a wide receiver to pair up with Devontae Adams. Not only that, but on the offensive tackle side of the ball, um, they lost uh, Bulaga. So don't blow it this year, go out this year, get a wide receiver, get a tackle in the first two rounds, and utilize that once-in-a-generation type player in Aaron Rodgers. All right, well, that wraps up episode four of the Center Bench podcast. Thank you to everyone that's been listening so far. And once again, thanks to Jill and the dog upstairs. We hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, and we wish everyone a safe and happy new year. Oh, wow.